551 podcast. My name is Wes Verdine. I'm joined by my comrades in soccer, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria, Corey Shrippel, hey. Mark Fangmeyer. Yo. Hey, comrades. What's up? Howdy. What's up? Doing the Arsenio uh, arm movement, which uh, makes 100%. sense to only. Actually, our listenership is all over 65. So I am. And also, a very happy I'm birthday, Wes. A, Thank you. Yeah, very bladed. Bladed. Wait, bladed. Um, yeah, not 30, happy. Bladed, 30 second. Bladed. 32nd, right? Oh, I'm 40 now, man. I am officially yeah, old. Actually, once, once, yeah. uh, I feel like, uh, COVID really turned me old. Uh, you know, you, it's very hard to, um, mentally get to your point of being like, no, I'm still young and whatever. And then like COVID and like being a parent during COVID was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually an old guy now. I'm a, I'm a fogey. Um, look, so. when you bend over to grab your phone and you, you literally throw your back out for no reason at all, that's when you're old. There we go. That's, that's, uh, that's this, this is, uh, what, what do we call What do you call those action movies with all the old people in them? Um, Jerry action movies. That's, uh, I'm going to say snuff films. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is. <laughs> Uh, a geriatric pod. Um, okay. Well, we are going to talk about people who are not geriatric. Uh, young uh, stallions. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> young fit professional athletes. <laughs> Sunny United. We'll talk about them. But first, let's do the uh, the round the world. Uh, good, the bad, and the weird. We've got some good. Uh, this also will be a bad for some of you. But um, Chelsea Football Club are not allowed to sell tickets, sell merchandise, anything. They can't sell the club. They can't. It, they are because Robin Abramovich uh, is an oligarch. Uh, and they have new rules about a very particular kind of oligarchs. Uh, Chelsea's um, kind of screwed right now. And the good thing is that in Saudi Arabia, they don't have oligarchs. They just have crown princes who have blood money. So there's, there is a, a few stories going out about a, uh, a Saudi Arabia, a Saudi Arabian like media company coming in and, uh, you know, because always, the the name of the game is always cut out the middleman. Yeah. 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 Because bombing Yemen to hell is definitely different than bombing Ukraine to hell. It's a very direct style of play. Yeah. It's it's a crazy story. But um it's I mean it's nice that maybe the EPL is growing a conscience, but we all know that that's not true. They're just bowing to a very specific set of uh uh you know concerns uh, other good news angel city fc said that they had 35 million dollars <laughs> in contracted sponsorship revenue um they haven't even kicked a ball that's absolutely amazing um and in some ways not amazing i wonder how that compares to a minnesota united or a houston yeah. dynamo right like a yeah. like a mid like a mid table fiscally like neutral yeah mls team and i also wonder how much how much of that uh sponsorship money is paid in bitcoin and so now they actually only have 20 million dollars of sponsorship revenue but they're actually uh they they bought the dip on the ruble 
And so they're just <laughs> waiting for it to come back up. It'll be back. Can't, just, can't wait to can't wait for the Angel City NFT. Oh my god! They actually did one. They, they did, did really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, way on, way early. That was one of the first things they did. They, they, yeah. Have, yeah Angel City have many good things going for them, but they have many things that are like, are you serious, guys? It's 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 very LA. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt Omsberg, former Minnesota United standout center back, uh, Alex Schief, uh, one of his favorite players of all time. Um, Wyatt Omsberg got the team of the week for the Chicago Fire. They have not given up a goal this season. They are undefeated ever since they lost Francisco Calvo. We'll talk more about my arch nemesis, Francisco oh. Calvo, later in this podcast. But, oof. but man, Bobby it's, Shuttleworth it's, is just down in Atlanta, just yeah. cursing Calvo's name right now. Is, oh, is, is Francisco Cabo your uh, Doctor Ock to your Spider Man? Um, yeah. Well, I need a. I need. I'm more of a flubby, like lame superhero. I'm not a Spider Man. So okay, you can be Spider Ham. How about that? I'll I'll be Spider Ham, and whoever Spider Ham's arch nemesis is, that's that's mine. Um, yes. Anyway, good for you, Wyatt Olmsberg, and uh, you know. Good for San, San Jose for taking that risk. The bad is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, convinces Tom Brady to come out of retirement. Uh, I was going to try to think of a, a, a weird comic uh, analogy to this, like like someone convincing Thanos to get, like Magneto convinces Thanos to come out of retirement. But uh, yeah, it's just, they both like suck. Mag, Mag, Magneto, like... No, he's he's one of those bad guys you like to root for. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You know, and I don't know. Ronaldo and Brady are both like cyborg who cyborgs who rage eat almonds when they lose. You know, <laughs> I, it's a, it's a dietary know, thing. I didn't it's, know rage eating almonds was even I didn't either. I, I think that that's what Tom like like Giselle gives Tom Brady an extra almond when he loses as a treat. You oh. think she's just trying to kill him? <laughs> I mean, that would be reinforcing. She keeps like giving her, giving him stuff, but eventually see if he's allergic to something. But if that's the case, she's doing a very poor job because he's I like in his forties. I saw, I saw, I saw a couple jokes that said like the reason that he's actually coming out of retirement is because he spent the fat the past four months uh, in the school pickup line at his kid's school, and he's like, I'd rather get drilled by defensive linemen every week. Then sit in a school pickup line oh. and be a father to my children. I, I or think, he tasted a strawberry because it was a treat and he didn't know what to do. Thought it was cocaine. Oh, I thought I thought it was, you know, I think Tom Brady would be a great crossing guard. Oh my God. Um, the weird is uh, this Atlanta United um, TIFO that they did, which is just this gigantic uh, image of Arthur Blank. Just simping for a billionaire out there, just just really just carrying his water, um, like total <laughs> losers. If that's then, not the name then they of had this these, episode, like, these crappy like um, like foil, like it was very uh, crappy, and and then they had these little trophies, and one of them was the MLS Cup, and it was right, like basically it was hanging on. Arthur Blank's dong, like he they they did a dick in a box, and he just he, they they cut a hole in the silver, and they just step one, you put your junk in the cup. Step two, you make them open the cup. Um. Anyway, it's just amazing. Arthur Blank. And then also there's also the caption on it that said like trophies you don't have, and they're playing Charlotte, who have only played 
two games in their entire history. It's like, well, of course, they've never played in any of those tournaments you've played in. Yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of like if during our like home opener against Atlanta, we like had a TIFO celebrating our NASL cup. Actually, we should know? do one. We should do one that says trophy. You don't trophies. You don't have. Cause we also have a um, spring season plate that we oh, won yeah, in we the NASL. We should do that and then figure out who's, you know, which, which character, which players we're going to have uh Dick in the box, the pl- plate and then the uh, NASL cup. And the nice thing is we have an ownership group, so we can actually have like a full group up there of like how many, yeah. to, you know, one per trophy. Yeah, just so many billionaires that we can just really uh-huh. praise. Just, just love. That'll show them. That'll show them. Yeah. Um, the 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 weird that we didn't put in the notes that I was thinking about just as we were wrapping this up. Um, NYCFC had their home opener this weekend and did their uh, 2021 MLS Cup champion banner raising at Yankee Stadium. Um, It's literally like someone went to their local sign shop because they forgot to make the banner, and the Yankees only allowed like an eight and a half by 11 postcard. It's it's so small. Like It's literally smaller than a flag. Like a normal like three foot by five foot flag, it's smaller than that. It was just... Hilarious. It is. It is maybe two feet by three feet. It's like when you used to make those. Uh, make had to make copy of like show flyers at a small dime dive bar, and you go to Kinko's and you just run a hundred of them, and then you just plaster all over them. That's I've I've had is. shitty Sharpie written, like band flyers for free shows that were bigger than that. Congratulations, New York City FC! You won the cup, and uh, yeah. And that's all you get for it. Okay, let's take a break. We will come back, and it's Minnesota United time. Back on the 55-1 podcast, and it is time for Minnesota United. Minnesota... Uh, we, we got a little, just the news here, which is related to the game, which is that Dane St. Clair got player of the week. Uh, Corey, how many times has a Minnesota United player been an MLS player of the week? By my count, not include outside of Dane's uh, induction to this illustrious category of, of players. Uh, five. We had zero players last season in 2021, even with the uh, incredible stats that Reynoso was putting up. Never did a, never had, never had the game. He never put a hat um, trick up on Toronto and, and yeah, ruined, exactly. Uh, and almost lose the game. Um, <clears throat> 2020, which was arguably one of our best seasons um, or best starts to the season. Ike, so uh week two of 2020. I think that was the San Jose match. I think that um, was the last game he played for us, right? Yes. Oh, no, he, yeah. Yeah. That's the one where we had two goals, right? Yeah. Two goals. Yep. We had a brace. Um, Later in 2020, uh, toward the run-up to the MLS Cup playoffs, after Reynoso um, joined the team, Kevin Molina was just absolutely on fire. Uh, week 24, he was player of the week. Um, 2019, we had one player that was Mason Toy against LAFC. 2018, we had one that was Darwin Quintero. Uh, that was the July, Toronto game. Week 19. Toronto, the amazing hat trick. Who's the keeper then, that, that he just ended their life? Like you, you, it was like nineteen grand. You just saw the the spirit. Was it was it Alex Bono? No, it was the no, guy was, Clint Irwin. There we go. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the rest, edge. Rest in peace, um, brother. <clears throat> uh, Twenty seventeen, our inaugural season. 
uh, once, and I, it wasn't the last match of the season, but it was toward the end of the season. Um, Kevin Molino, it was that 3-2-1 comeback win at Atlanta. Right. Um, yeah. So we haven't had very many compared to your LAFCs, your LA Galaxies, um, you know. But uh, We got more than yeah. Charlotte, though. Got take more than that, Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, so take that. and Trophies you don't have. <clears throat> first more goalkeeper. Austin. First goalkeeper from us who, has ha- who have had it. Uh, Vito Manone even getting goalkeeper of the year. Didn't have that in 2019. Well, there you go. Let's talk about this game. Minnesota United won. New York Red Bulls zero. This was, um, in some ways, a lucky game because uh, we had one penalty given up and then saved, and then we should have definitely had a second penalty. I have no idea why they did not call it. Dotson had two handballs in this game. I think uh, if I was a Red Bulls fan, I would feel a little bit aggrieved. Um, but also, if I was a Red Bulls fan, I'd have chlamydia. So there's there's just like the those are the two things that you have to weigh. Um, I took a train past Harrison, New Jersey on Friday, and I I almost smelled it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. also, based on the size of the crowd, it seemed like most people were pretty too lit up after the St. Patrick's Day parade to make it into the stadium. Yeah. Yep. And they were in line at the pharmacy for their chlamydia medicine. Uh, so, um, Alex Schieferdecker, speaking of, uh, was was at this game. Speaking of chlamydia medications. It's fine. He doesn't listen to this. It's great. He definitely does not. Schieferdecker was at this game. Uh, he could not join us on the podcast tonight. Um because <laughs> of his chlamydia, it's, it's flaring up. Well, he got an extra dose in in, in Harrison, and um, yeah, the seats were just. He, he sent some. He sent a few notes. I'll, I'll bring them up a, a few times. But he said, uh, "Loons had no speed last night. Not just running, but also thinking." He said, "I think Ray got the flu from Tyler Miller. That's the only explanation. Just didn't seem sharp or quick." He said, "Wanted to see some passing out of the out of the New York Red Bulls." press and didn't really see it just a lot of long balls and then he said st Clair was unbelievable uh has to ha- have been one of the best goal tending performances by a loon i mean the probably the most memorable previous one was uh the late penalty save against dallas at home that vito minone had um i can't think of too many i mean john alvberger had a, a very memorable one when he went off in the snowpitter uh, that was about, about it. Um, and one thing too that I saw a stat after the match that like uh, Dane Sinclair is four for four in stopping PKs he's faced in MLS. That's amazing. Three of those actually were at goal, and then he intimidated Lucas Zellerion so much that he skied it. So, you um, know. Uh, Patrick so Clam- still four for four has never let a PK in Patrick Klamala, the world's smallest headed man, uh, took the PK. It was a terrible PK. It was just barely to the side. Not very, he kind of knocked it into the ground. So it didn't ha- really have much speed. I'm pretty sure that Patrick Klamala, we tried to sign years ago and he went to Celtic instead. Um, and so good for us. Anyway, um, let's talk about Dane St. Clair for a bit. He came in because Tyler Miller had his um, uh, birthday party. He got the flu, quote unquote. I, too, on Saturday night got the flu because it was my birthday party. And then I spent the entire Sunday trying to take naps all day. Yeah, I got got flu on Thursday night. Um, 
at a karaoke bar in New York. Yeah, with with uh, Michael Barbaro. Did he? Did he yeah, sing? Uh, he didn't. He didn't come to karaoke. Oh. Um, although I would have definitely what? sung Lisa Loeb's "You'll Say" oh, with him, oh which is what I did at karaoke. That's good. That's a good karaoke one. Yeah, it uh, definitely brings the house down. Is that's for sure. <laughs> really, you don't get a lot of sing along to that. Not to the chorus. Uh, I'm gonna. Okay, we need to remind me. Let's try it on. Uh, this this Saturday night, this karaoke after uh, Minnesota versus San Jose, I'm going to be feeling really good if if we if we knock it against Calvo. Um, yeah, more to more to come on that. Back to the real thing here, though. Uh, Dane St. Clair comes in. We have not seen him since he did not quite have a great game against Portland last year in in the last game that we saw him in the playoffs. And um, yeah, and in this game, he was marvelous. We already said he was a player of the week, but let's talk about why that was. He he saved a penalty. He had probably missed the, the full stats, but he was glorious. Anyone have? He had seven saves. So. Seven mm-hmm. saves. Okay, thank you for pulling that up. Um, and they were all fantastic. Like, he somehow had a way of just anticipating which way the attacker was going to go. And just cutting it down, and like he was, it was like the entire team except for Kervin Ermagurden kind of pooped the bed on Sunday, and then all of a sudden, Dane Sinclair saved the team. And I, like, I mean, what they had like three expected goals and got zero. So one of the things that I noticed about Dane this season was that like he definitely bulked up a lot more in the off season. Um, he and and this was my criticism in the first four matches of last season. He wasn't vocal enough. He wasn't dictating the back line. He wasn't telling his back line where he needed them to be. That was not the case for this match. He was much more vocal. His positioning was better. He comes off the line a lot faster, but I also think he is faster now. Um, but in terms of his saves, it's almost like his his technique is better because if you look, it's like he's throwing out that foot in the opposite direction of where he's trying to save with whatever hand. And that saved, I think at least two of, of those goals. Um, And that's, that's a technique thing. Like he's, he's gotten a lot better. And I think his fundamentals, you know, kind of working with and against Tyler Miller has proven to be maybe one of the best things for him in terms of his development. Um, So yeah, he looked, he looked totally different. Mark, yeah, Mark, you're you're uh, you're on team uh, uh, Dean St. Clair here over over Miller. So oh, totally, yeah. He's he's a better goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you should play the better goalkeeper, especially because I mean we've we've seen what Tyler Miller's ceiling is. It's exactly what he's done the last two seasons. He's a top five to top ten goalkeeper in MLS. He. He's pretty consistent, but then he'll poop the bed three or four matches a season. Like that's what he's done in LAFC. That's what he's done here. Like that's what he does. And Dane, I mean, honestly, like he was given like last year, he played in the first four games. The entire team was garbage. The first four games, he had no support. If you go back and look at the goals that were given up last in the first four matches of the season last year, none of them were his fault, except for the one that skidded in the rain in Colorado in the fourth match. And then he got benched and then never got an opportunity again until Portland. I mean, but if you're saying, if you're saying that Miller is a, 
top if you're saying Miller is a top five goalkeeper in the league, I think that you're misspeaking there because I don't think you actually believe that. Um, and then five he just ten. makes some mistakes. He's, in the, he's okay. in the top third of goalkeepers of starting goalkeepers in the league. Oh, that's what I was saying. Then I I didn't realize you thought so highly of him. Um, I, yeah, I think no, but here's the thing. Like, and here's what I was really impressed with is I didn't. Did any of you guys see the um, his pre match interview that Dane Sinclair did? No. It was so. It was great. He said. He said. He's like, this is a World Cup year, and I think that I should be the starting goalkeeper for my net for the Canadian national team, and I want to get out here and prove it. And that was pre pre game hmm. interview, and he completely came out and did that. Like the dude is hungry. He wants to go to the World Cup, and he wants to represent his country in the World Cup and be the starting guy. And we should give him the opportunity to do that because look what he fucking did this weekend. Well, it's, I think it's pretty impossible. To, to drop, I, I mean, I don't want to skip over this game and talk about next week, but it's pretty impossible to drop him, right? Do you, Miller doesn't start this weekend, does he? I, I, I don't. I don't think he does. Why not? Because you have a player who just had a player of the week. You know, we've never had a goalkeeper have that good of a game. You don't. Yeah. You cannot drop. Right, but but his numbers are not consistent, right? If you if you're looking over, you're looking for a keeper, you want someone who's consistent. Yeah. He doesn't have he doesn't have the amount of clout or, or stats to say he he he's do you know the, the thing with Miller is that he's consistent in what he knows what he did, he can do and the stats speak speaks solely on that. I agree that um, Saint Clair has a bigger upside than Miller because we all have seen that Miller has reached his plateau as his ceiling as Marcus pointed out. But I don't I, unless Miller is not feeling well still and not feeling healthy then yes give him give 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 Dane the start right but not based on the fact that he had one amazing game in the previous game he played was a playoff game that he let the two goals within like he he's I get that he's hungry and that's what you want you want that competition between the two goalkeepers right and um, I'm hoping that towards the end of the season that's where you go with Dane because uh, Miller's contract will be up at the end of the year, and that's probably kind of what you want to do. But, but un- un- until like Dane starts being more consistent on some of those well, things, how, how is see, he supposed to be? Con- I don't understand yeah, how he. Th- this could is exactly be. right. Like this is this is the because th- and that's what this conversation is going to devolve into here in a second, which is the chicken and the egg situation where we want Dane to be, to ha- to have the numbers to be more consistent. But how do you get him the numbers? It's like you need to have exposure. You need to have experience to get the job, but you can't get jobs until you have experience so it's like i get that i think i mean i I think generally like tyler miller has the data points to back up his argument to be the starting goalkeeper for this team however this situation that we are currently in is not a normal situation i think that's what we have to acknowledge here is that Dane St. Clair, if he would have came in and we won 2-1 or had a draw, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. But the fact that he put up a great game with a ton of stops and is the reason that we won the match and got player of the week, Adrian Heath has a difficult decision ahead of him because he will get crucified if he doesn't start Dane St. Clair. Does, does Dane get player of the week if Lisa Maria doesn't score that goal? Yes. I don't know, and I don't know if he does. I don't think he does if it's a draw. I think I think you're absolutely right there. I think oh, no, he puts he up a great does. game that 
but I but I think I, th- I don't think he gets player of the week if we draw. Uh, but I I want to I I I think you guys are actually forgetting how good Dane Sinclair was in 2020. I mean, exactly. Bef- like before he before we gave up three goals in the Sounders playoff, he had three clean sheets in the previous matches before that, including the three nil destruction of Sporting KC, the three nil destruction of. Colorado Rapids, the three nil destruction of Dallas. And then he had four other clean sheets that season. If you go to Miller's stats, um, I don't have their full clean sheet stats, but Miller does not often keep clean sheets. Um, and so I, I think that like, if, if you do want to look at the numbers, then you can say that um, they rough, they have roughly the same number uh, amount of goals per um, 90 that they give up, but um, Danes is better, 1.18. He has an expected conceded goals of 1.43. He sees more shots um, because oftentimes when he comes in, it's like, oh, well, everyone's dead, so let's put in the the B squad. So he sees 4.99 shots per 90. Miller has a 1.28 goals per 90 uh, to a a lower expected conceded goals of 1.33, and he faces 4.45 shots per game. So Dane is better if you want to look at the numbers. Now he has not had a, a run last year because we were terrible in the in uh, the beginning and then I think Miller had a pretty decent year last year so it's understandable why you you don't bench him but I I would be blown away if if uh Dane wasn't starting this weekend and uh and I will uh, have my Canadian flag. So Mark you get one more point on this but then we're moving. No, I totally agree. And like, the thing is like, if, you know, the whole thing about having the two starting goalkeepers who are quality goalkeepers is like, you have to earn your spot, right? What more can you do than be player, the the only goalkeeper in MLS franchise history to be player of the week and have that kind of performance and not earn your spot for the next week? Like, that's my kind of question to that. So let's talk. There were actually were um, 10 more players, believe it or not, uh, on the pitch. Um, we're not going to hit all the, the points of this game, um, but one of the, the key changes here was having um, DJ Taylor start on the left and you had Hassani Dotson start on the right because we are still missing our starting fullbacks three matches into the season. And Corey, what, what did you make of it? How did they do? So like the second that I saw Dotson at right back for this lineup, I was like, uh, okay, here we go. Um, and I was mostly right. Um, Dotson is serviceable at best, I would say, at right back. I think he's he's okay when he can get forward, but it's that transition play that is not his strong suit and his defending is not his strong suit. In that particular spot, he's better as... Uh, an eight, six, whatever you want to call it. Um, he was directly responsible for the PK um, due to a handball, uh, uh, almost directly responsible for another PK that was not called for the exact same kind of thing. Um, arguably like right at the end of the match, I think it was that he was, uh, he fouled one of the red, red bulls players right at the whistle at the, with like the top corner of the box that, had the whistle not been blown, if there was an extra 15 seconds, could have been interpreted as a as a PK shout. Um, Dotson was not great there, but he did assist Luis Amaria. Yep. Uh, it's the second Dotson Amaria hookup this season. The first um, one, first one involves some drinking, but you know. Yeah, totally. But um, 
you know, they were they were crushing that Zima um, that they found <laughs> at the, uh, the the back of Adrian Heath's uh, Buick Lesabre. Um, so, uh, look, like we didn't have any other options there. I mean, you you can argue for one of the youngsters, but I thought he was fine, but like he can't keep giving up PKs and that's a fundamental thing. Like he doesn't have to defend with his arms at his side as much when he's a midfielder. Um, enough about Dotson though, because we all like really like him. We rate him decently well and we want to see him succeed. This was not a great I want to see thing. him succeed. I, I think that we should, he should be sold. I think that, yeah. um, I think that uh, we have not, we'll talk about the midfielders in a minute, yeah. but um, I, I think that, we don't really have a place for him. He keeps on being shuttled around and in, in use yeah. in these, these spots. I thought that he did bring some more attack to this game, but um, he certainly did more more than more than Fisher does in yeah. that role. Um, which which I will say it's it's closer to what Metinair brings, but um, Metinair's speed, strength, and positioning is just so much better. That's enough about Dotson. I don't want to go down get too negative about about him there because again he did assist. And he is great when he gets to play in and around the box and as a box-to-box midfielder. But that's not what he did last night or the other night. Um, DJ Taylor in at left back. Um, his stats aren't anything incredible. You know, it's like just under 64% passing, played the full 90. Um, I thought nothing, he, to the eye test, I thought he looked pretty decent, though. I was pretty, that, and, that's exactly, yeah. and that's exactly my point. The stats didn't look great, but Ariaga's stats were also not particularly... Uh, amazing other than his passing, but you know, um, but he was instrumental and we'll talk about him in a sec, but I think this was DJ Taylor's best game at one of our fullbacks. I thought his, his hustle was good. I thought he put in some good tackles, had some really great challenges. Didn't do anything terribly dumb. Didn't get smoked by too many of their attackers. Um, and wasn't directly responsible for for many of the of the scoring opportunities, from what I recall. And he really got involved with the attack, and um, had some really, you know, I would say he was better than serviceable. He is, you know, up there in our fullback depth chart. So I liked his game. I like when DJ Taylor does well. Um, I think he's better at left back than he is right back for some reason. But um, I thought he had a pretty good game overall, but still our, our um, the wings were our issues at that game. And that is tied to DJ and Hassani Dotson, not understanding their, their roles and how they're supposed to integrate in, in the attack and when they're supposed to get back to defend. But that's what you expect from somebody that, that far down the pecking order in the depth chart. I think that's what's going to be an issue most of the time. But I think what uh, what the whole left side really benefited from is from uh, Kervin Ariaga's physicality and his and his motivation to go to the ball and press. I think that 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 made Brent Coleman's job a little bit more easier when having to do one v one situations and just focusing on that. And it made DJ Taylor knowing that he had someone who was willing to attack the ball. Um, and, and cover that outside wing more and have DJ Taylor tuck in more um, to kind of help out with the crosses and, and, and clearances that needed to be done because that's what it was. I mean, I mean, the Red Bulls, you know, they're 
what was it, 19 to 5 shots, right? I mean, I think that was pretty much, you knew that the game plan was going to be, um, you know, we were going to be on the counter and facing these tough, these teams that are playoff teams that we had at the beginning of the season, that was literally what our, what our, um, what our offense or a tactic has to rely on is the fact that we're going to be a counterattacking team until we meet, hopefully, a San Jose or a team that plays more open or lets us move more into the midfield like we need to. I think Trap um, is, is, is they had some mispasses and, and had some, uh, had some issues, but overall it was, it was okay. Right. I think, um, I think everyone knows that Reynoso, right. Everyone knows what they need to do with Reynoso. They need to make sure they plug the middle of the field and they make sure they need to press them and have some people around them right away to give them no space to turn. Right. No. And I, I don't think that's, that's changed at all. I mean, it's the it's the blueprint to how to how to contain. But having to have other weapons like Lude and Fragapane and Bongi to be able to to take over that stuff just really helps out. Like the thing with Trap, just because like our that that midfield like did it look like awful for the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes? Ariaga and Trap just like. Well, they and then they settled out, in. Yeah. They have to figure out how to play with each other. I think that's the thing. Well, I, I think there were times where Dotson pushed up too much and tried to get into that middle because that's what he's more comfortable doing. So. I think that you have to remember that New York Red Bulls were out there, right? I mean, their their press is like it's like patented, right? And trademark like we were dealing with a really difficult uh defensive team. There was that one point when um uh, the ball eventually gets, to, this is later in the game, falls at Amadia's feet and he's at the top of the box and everyone's like, oh yeah, shoot. And he's literally surrounded by four people. There are so many times in the bar, um, the bar is the greatest place for people just to yell shit. And they're like, shoot. And it's like, guys, there's literally two people immediately between them. To, <laughs> like, there, there are literally eight to 12 appendages just yeah, right just there. Like, um, uh, hey, hit hit as many of the uh, the arms. Appendages, but, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I mean, they were just so good defensively, and I think that um, there's always, uh, you know, they're good, you're bad. Which you know, who's who's to blame or to praise? But um, I think if we want to stick briefly on that midfield duo, they it was not pretty for a little bit. But I think Ariaga is, I mean, he's only a couple games in, and he looks really good um he looked like his thorax was still injured a bit so yeah. i hope that ant-man gets his did they ever say what his injury actually his was his thorax man okay he <laughs> did he, anyone, he there any other details to that he um yeah he, he needed you know the middle parts yeah it's whatever whatever part of the ant the thorax is um anyway uh, I, I just think that he looks so good on the ball. He's such a big dude. Um, Sheaf sent one note, which was, Ariaga and Brent were absolutely brilliant. 1v1, both single-handedly stopped a, a couple of transition opportunities. Overall, Loon solid in the middle, vulnerable on the wings. He says, just continue to think Ariaga is very big and very good. He makes box all look very small. Um, yeah, I think Ariaga is he's like fast and big, but also like... He's got like some good moves on the ball. Um, I, I'm really pumped about him, and I think that Trap didn't have a great game, but um, you know, I, I, I don't fully. I think that 
there's a lot of our players here who are not going to look great because of uh, how good the Red Bulls were defensively. The question is with Ariaga is how healthy can he be, right? And how healthy he can stay. That physicality and 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 using all that is eventually going to catch up to him. And you know, if if you are a a, a soccer dad or a sports dad, you have kids that can wear KT tape. You, you see a lot of that on him, and that just means that that he's getting worn down. I don't want him to wear out soon enough. But I could see him, you know, like him having a game like it is where he plays super hard and having a game off where he takes a game off and then come back into the lineup depending on what you need. I mean, ideally, that's where Dotson comes into play. Like, if we can get our back line healthy and Dotson doesn't have to fill in there, if you can actually, like, and again, this is asking a lot for Adrian Heath, if you have to, like a regular rotation of your midfield where you can say, like, oh, yeah, you play, you play, you play, whatever. We're, we're confident and comfortable with both of you playing. Fantasy Do world you're living in. I know it's it's a fantasy world, but God, it's a great fantasy, isn't it? Like players stay healthy, we still have a great team in the midfield both times. Like it's it's it'd be great, and I I would love to see it. I just I think that would be the ideal, but of course instead we'll just have you know Ariaga get injured for three or four weeks, and then Dotson will play, and then we'll go back and forth, and Dotson will play midfield or right back, and it'll be fine. Well, I don't want to um, go through each of the players and how they did. Reynoso was terrible this game, um, but. Luis Amaria gets his goal, starts to pay back some of that debt. Um, thankfully, Joe Biden uh, put a pause on all the interest on debt, school debt, and gold debt. And so, um, you know, he only owes me 20 more, one go- 21 more goals. But um, Amaria, Wait, So do we count the MLS's back tournament goal or not count it? We do. It was, it was okay. during, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it was during, the, it counted toward the regular season. Yeah. So yeah. no, it was during the playoffs. It wasn't against Columbus. Hey man, I've no, already nobody remembers that tournament. Yeah, right. I've already decided it counts. They, those goals count. He owes me twenty-one more goals, and um, it, it was a fantastic goal. Um, a little do we do we call that a scissor kick? Is that what you we would define that? It's a volley. A volley. volley. Okay. Um, it was uh, who who put it up online? Was it um, Nick Gundy? Who, uh, who uh-huh. put up the, uh, the, the, this was how we beat, uh, that Romario Ibarra did almost a, an identical uh, type of volley, volley goal yeah. uh, to yeah. beat uh, New York Red Bulls the last time. Um, it was superb. And I don't know if we can say anything else about that goal, um, but the, the one, the, the one thing that I, I'm looking at our, I'm looking at our passing network that we have um, for this match and like, the one thing that concerns me about Amaria, and, and maybe it's a system thing, maybe it's how he wants to play with Reynoso, is like he's almost always collecting the ball somewhere just beyond midfield, not getting the ball anywhere near the box most of the time in terms of like the first pass that comes to him. Um, and, and that may be a symptom of, of Red Bull's just stout defense, but like I want him to play a little further up. I want I want him to start receiving the ball further up. And that's on Reynoso, who was slow and and Chief totally nailed it. Like the passes looked slow. Uh it it didn't look like anybody put anything behind the passes. It wasn't crisp. It wasn't like with any sense of urgency. It just felt like they were just sending it back and forth and it it it, it didn't look like there was a real plan with it. But right. You know. I, I mean know. it 
I mean, Reynoso's shot on goal that should have been a goal looked like a training, like a training exercise. Well, that 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 goal that or that scoring chance that Ariaga had when he when he grabbed the ball on the on the um, the right touch line and took it upfield. I think it was Dotson Ariaga who then sent it into Amaria, who was running away from Ariaga to create space to then kick it back over to Reynoso, who flubbed it. That reminds me a lot of, oh God, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, maybe it was Gregush in the 2020 San Jose match when we just tore open the field. And a lot of, it, a lot of that was related to Amaria's positioning. He's pulling people out and creating these spaces and allowing a midfielder to bomb forward and then he just lays it off to him and there's nobody there. And that's exactly what would have happened if Reynoso, um, you know, hadn't had his tainted mate. Mm. Tainted mate. All right. <laughs> um, I'm going <laughs> to... Um, well, let's take a break and uh, we'll come back. We've got a few questions. <laughs> Finish up with the 55-1 podcast this weekend, Saturday night, 7 p.m., San Jose. Guys, it's the return of the king of crap. It is Calvo's return to Minnesota, the first time that he's come back. Uh, it, it's amazing. I'm so excited for this. Uh, and don't forget, I mean, Gregus is probably going to put a you know a brace against us just because. Yeah, Gregus will, will also be there. Um, uh Wait, you know, do we do the Jackson Jackson Jackson. Jackson. We'll be there. Gregor scores. Do we still get Gregor shots? Uh, no. Oh, because we don't celebrate goals against us. It's a thing. You get you get uh, Barton's vodka handle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we're a Phillips bar man, and we. Do you we, guys? Do you, yeah. do you guys know what uh, what some of the uh, TUDA announcement announcers called uh, called Calvo? No. El Gringo Calvo. Oh, that's just mean. <laughs> That's mean to, to gringos like me. Um, <laughs> it's offensive to gringos. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's going to happen. Then there is, uh, oh, the Dick Von Dyke drag show is after after uh, the game. That's going to be good. We're going to do some. Uh, Plus karaoke? Karaoke, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be wow. good times. Ooh, who's doing Calvo drag? Oh, I don't know what would Calvo drag. Calvo drag would just be like really. It, that'd be some basic bitch stuff. Yeah. Um, let's let's do a few questions that we've got here. This is from Easy Ha. He says, "How many more injuries before Minnesota United fires its sports science director or whatever it's called again?" I don't know, man. Uh, Isn't they fire them last yep. year yeah, after all like the training injuries? Yeah. Yep. I mean, look, Chase's is a head injury, right? So it, it's right. not like a, it's it's. Unless their sports science guy is, is like, a, you know, taking um, an automatic tennis ball shooter and just like a tennis ball cannon and shooting it at players' heads, in, in well, which case they should because, fire him. Look, that's yeah. because Chase tried to headbutt like a trophy horse when he was at a racetrack in Portland. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. That's not anything training related. So he, that horse that that horse took Chase's uh, Sperry's. And Metnir has been has d- been dealing with. I mean, yeah, well, injuries. Metnir like ripped his hamstring in the Portland match at the end of the season of the playoffs, and then Adrian Heath played him like starting when he wasn't full, like in preseason, and like. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know the, their condition. Um, I I think that we hope that we get the get well soon, Ramon. 
please, for the love of God. Sunsafe Soccer says, did anyone give uh, John Tolkien directions to the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament? With that hair, he's got to be lost. Um, This was, John Tolkien is this young player who looks like he was conceived to the closing credits of Point Break. Um, (laughs) He just... It's like bad Cade Cowell cosplay. Yes. Oh, he... he, I mean... I, I originally, it looks like uh, someone used a Flobie to give a haircut to a porcupine. He, I mean, he looks absolutely trash, disgusting. Um, good Flo-Bee. for him. Beautiful. Perfect for Jersey. Yeah. Oh, my God. The New Jersey Red Bulls. chic is what it is. Oh, my Which God. Which Minnesota State High School team would that be? Uh, what? War Road. Right. Oh, that's I, I don't know anything about I just know they play hockey. That's it. Um yeah, Joel's ninety nine. What can we do to improve our offense? We've had barely a shot on the first in the first half. More bongi. I will say, mm. uh, Franco and Robin were pretty invisible this game, and bongi comes in, and the guy. Um, I said it before. He's not clean on the ball, but he creates havoc, and like he just runs everywhere so fast, and he like dribbles, and he had an amazing. Um, Maisie run into the box and and that came to nothing. Uh, but he just he's like a whirlwind. He's a Tasmanian devil. No, I'd like to see more of him just because even if he doesn't create the opportunity. I mean, his the opportunities created in his stats is not great. Uh, but the thing is, like like you said, he creates havoc. Like and by creating havoc, like if he's just going to draw defenders, great. Eventually, it's going to open up other attackers. And they can make some runs and get in there. So I mean, yeah, like if you know Frank Payne can't play against San Jose, I would love to see Bongi on a man marking system oh, against San Jose. So it would be so much fun to watch. Oh my god! Be, can, you imagine, be, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just the, like just the, the Facebook and Twitter posts if Bongi gets a hat trick all on Calvo. Oh my God! Just no. I, a, I, I a bongi hat trick that is actually gets deflections that are all Calvo own goals. Oh, yeah. um, this well, is he my did, fan. He fic. did take a shot, and and it was a bong rip because he tried to he tried to knock it in from from distance, and it went right into another player. But I like, I want to. I want seriously. If he scores a goal from distance, uh, there's going to be. You're going to get a tattoo of his face on your face. Uh, it's going to be a tattoo. <laughs> A tattoo of his his face taking a bong rip. Um, so anyway, uh, let's let's finish on these basic two questions, which are: What do you do with a problem like D- DSC and Tyler Miller? Um, Jeremy Scheller says I'd listen to a, po- a discussion about keeper depth. Should Minnesota United make a trade of one of our star keepers? Uh, people keep saying move, make the move on DSC to to starting eleven, but Tyler should be starting somewhere too. Does Fred uh, become our number two like this weekend? I definitely, sorry, DSC, I was cheering for a red card for you. I was hoping Fred Emmings would come in. Um, That's fair. I mean, so I've been making this case overall, like, why is it a problem that we have two really good keepers? I just, I don't understand. Like, we had an an injured keeper or a, a sick keeper, and then we had a guy come in and he could put up a game of the season and like, why is that a problem? I, I don't see the need that people are like, oh, we need to sell one. It's a problem to have one of them on the bench. Like, it feels like that's a good problem to have, right? No, my only thing is like, it's a great problem to have. And in most situations, it'd be a fantastic problem to have. And you'd just want to have it. Uh, the problem is 
I don't trust Adrian Heath to not bench Dane St. Clair for just a dumb reason and just keep him out for another entire season. So your problem is only having Miller and not having Dane. Uh, you you see it, uh, the main problem is not getting Dane minutes and, and seeing exactly him like we're okay. going to have another uh, like here's the thing if I, I talked about like how Dane St. Clair wants to be have a chance to vie for the starting role for the Canadian national team for the World Cup. In order to do that, he needs to get starts. I see Adrian Heath as being the type who would just play Tyler Miller because he's comfortable with him. He knows him. He likes him. He plays him. That's what the entire last season was. Mm -hmm. And he plays well enough where he can hold down his spot. He doesn't make any glaring errors to make him just lose his spot. That doesn't help Dan St. Clair. And at the same time, all of this combined, like all of a sudden you have... Like, what's the argument? What's the argument? Like, Tyler, Dane St. Clair just signed a three year contract with us and he's vying for a World Cup spot. And you're trying to tell him that, like, no, well, we're going to. Yeah, but also, that's his, like, he signed the contract. That, I, mean, I know, I know totally what you're did. saying here, but he did but, sign then, the contract. But, but it doesn't make any sense to me to say, like, you know what? We have a guy on a three year contract. But we're going to play the guy whose contract is up at the end of this season, who we probably aren't going to re-sign anyways, and just play him instead and just let another guy, just let Dane sit on the bench for another season, for two seasons in a row now. Like, it makes no sense to me. There's open cup games, though. You don't think he's going to start there? Who cares? He's, like, he's, he's going to start every single one That's of still playing time, though. That's still playing. It's like talking about playing two time. matches playing time. compared to 34 games. Not if, well, not if we go to the final and we win. Uh-huh. Right, but uh, or or like or like if I mean the, the thing is the thing is you have a guaranteed contract. He's going to be around. We don't know if Tyler's going to be around. If he gets open cup matches and then towards the end of the season you start you start factoring. Yeah, we're gonna we're, you're gonna give Dane starts for the rest of the season because we know what we decided what we're going to do. That makes sense. I mean, I don't, I don't see I don't see why if he's already signed a contract. Granted, yes, he wants to be on a World Cup roster and played, but if I'm a, if I'm the coach and manager, that's not my problem. It, I, 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 I totally understand. I, I totally understand that. But at the same time, like if you want to, if you say this is going to be your guy going forward, just play the guy going forward. Pull a gray goose. Yes, like he's twenty four. He's twenty four. It is. It is at this point where it's like we think he's the guy going forward. If Tyler, if you are going to let Tyler go at the end of the season or whatever, you do need to start being like, okay, well, we think that this, this guy is good enough now. I I see that um, as well. I for now, I just don't see it as a problem. If they do think Tyler is going to go at the end of the season, then they definitely should should. Just hang out. Just like you've got two good keepers. Yeah. I do. I agree. And that also, Dane should get more minutes. But and Tyler's a great backup. Yeah. The answer. The one of the questions in there is what? What are we doing? Like for Tyler, is going to start somewhere. The only scenario that I see anything changing in this season, we're not going to sell Dane because we want a ton of money for him, and we can get a ton of money for him. That's why we gave him a three-year contract, whether we think he's our future keeper or not. That's why we sign him to it. It's 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 nothing but upside. Tyler Miller, the only way that I see anything changing this season other than Dane starts on this weekend and then just keeps starting um, is if you do get an offer from another team, interleague MLS team for Tyler Miller with enough money that you can go and get a veteran keeper backup player because that's the, that's the issue. Like we need somebody reliable for backup because 
we don't have all of the numbers for Dane to know how consistent he's going to be. Yes, the stats, we talked about it earlier in the episode, but we just don't have the sheer number of games. He should get those, absolutely. But if he starts flailing, whether it's his fault or the back line's fault and they need a change, you need somebody who can hold down the fort. And Fred Emmings ain't it, and neither is Eric Dick. So it's like both of those guys are going to be in MLS too. I'd be surprised if... Um, if Eric Dick sees any minutes this season, even in the open cup. So it's like, that's the only scenario which I see Dane becoming a full blown starter with Tyler as a backup as if he goes somewhere in the middle of the season. And also if Tyler moves uh, to another MLS team, most of those are trades and there's players involved too. So like we're also sacrificing depth at other positions by keeping Tyler on. So like if we could get more depth at defense, because we're like, if we send Tyler Miller for like, you know, a defender and some game, whatever, like we're going to yeah, use your backup keeper going to be there. Yeah, but no, you, you we'll no matter somebody. what you need another keeper there. You, you, you need another yeah. keeper. Yeah, and those I know, are hard like, to, those are hard find, to come by. You can find a Bobby Shuttleworth. All right. But, I'm just, but it's not opening up a, a roster spot because you're going to have to replace him. You're going to have right. to do it. But it's not going to cost you $400,000. No. What's your name? Miller right now. All right, my friends. That is a lot of goalkeeper talk. That's probably way more goalkeeper talk than we've ever had. Um, feels kind of oh. feels kind of dirty. Are you saying are you saying we should keep it to ourselves? Oh no, I'm done. Oh, no, no. no. Oh, yeah. All right, my friends. Yeah, we need to end. We will see you all very soon at the Blackheart pregame and postgame, uh, and uh, just just celebrate Calvo in any way you can this week. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks for being our friends. You're beautiful. You're sexy, and everyone loves you. 